and welcome to episode number 158 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, and don't you feel good that you are listening this morning because you get just me. You don't have to worry about any of these other opinions of any of these other idiots we have on this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Lots of busy things going on right now, lots of news happening in the industry, so just a solo pod from me this morning here. As always, guys, go in, subscribe, rate, and review anywhere that you hear this podcast and you don't have to wait until it hits the website. So go in, you know, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, any of the places you find podcasts, go in, hit that subscribe button, and then it'll get delivered directly to your device. So we will talk about the Arnold Palmer Invitational, but first let's hit up some news that came through this morning, which is pretty interesting. Um, It kind of got overshadowed by even bigger news in the kind of gaming world that the Sands Corp had been sold, which is the parent company of the Venetian Palazzo in Las Vegas. They had uh, they have sold the Venetian Palazzo in Las Vegas. Um, So that will no longer be in their uh, portfolio. But uh, this is more sports betting news that came through. And again, just kind of got overshadowed by that big news, which is the fact that DraftKings partnered up with Dish Network and is now going to offer an app. So an app that is natively made made for the Hopper system on Dish Network. I don't have uh, Dish, but if you do, you know what I'm talking about. I assume the Hopper is just their version of like their DVR player or something. And with that, they're going to develop an app that you can go in and actually use for not only betting, but DFS, but you know, mainly for what we're talking about here is going to be sports betting. So you'll be able to bet directly on your television. Um, DraftKings is uh, you'll hit a button. Apparently it'll pull up DraftKings. It'll it'll pull up DraftKings odds and whatnot that you will have either already tied your account to or looking to tie your account to. And bam, you bet right there on your computer. I mean, on your television, which is pretty awesome. So that's actually some really interesting news because this is going to stretch into other platforms, right? I mean, this isn't the first deal like this, and it certainly won't be the last. And um, what we're going to see is I imagine all of these platforms are going to start cutting deals with with different uh, sportsbook providers. And, you know, whether those will be exclusive or not is yet to be seen. But this is just the beginning here of all of this. I mean, I imagine in five years it will be the you know, the, the norm for you to be able to hit a button on your, on your um, remote. And then it pulls up on your television. You're able to just bet right there as the game that you're watching, you know, and we literally, the odds will just come up just for the game that's on your TV at the time, you know? So these are all things that are, everybody knows is coming. It's just, we just don't know how soon that it's all coming. But again, that's going to be DraftKings and Dish Network, which is pretty interesting. Some other news that is happening, a pretty stacked UFC card is going down uh, this week, UFC 259, and there is some names that you definitely have heard of before um, on the undercard. You know, this lets you know how stacked this card really is. I mean, Joseph Benavidez, former champion contender, multiple time championship contender, is fighting on the undercard in this one. So, you know, Joseph Benavidez is on the card. Uh, Dominic Cruz, another name that you're well aware of, is on the card. Tiago Santos is fighting on the card. Drew Dober, you probably know, an awesome fight between Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan is on this. Amanda Nunez will defend her title as a massive minus 1,100 favorite against Megan Anderson. And then a main event of Israel Adesanya is back in the cage against Jan Blackovich. 
And uh, he is a minus 250 favorite in that one. Really like Izzy in that fight a ton. I'll be looking to uh, to get down on Izzy there. The only thing I would say in some of these other fights is just be sure that you're not betting just name value and name value alone. For example, Dominic Cruz is the underdog. Joseph Benavidez is the underdog. If you recognize the name Tim Elliott, Tim Elliott is the underdog. So as you're going through, don't just go through and click on the names that you uh, that you're that you're familiar with. Tiago Santos, underdog. So, you know, some of these names that, of these guys that have been around for a long time, um, you know, they're as they come towards the the you know latter half of their career, latter part of their career, they're no longer, you know, the big favorites or the, the favorites or even the massive favorites that were before. So um definitely take a look into that as to how you want to as to how you want to go about playing that. Of course, there'll be articles up over at Play Picks if you want to uh if you want to take a look at that as well. So let's get to the Arnold Palmer Invitational real quick. As you know, we are on a really, really good golf run here. Um, we have been we have been hitting golf uh, way more than we normally should. Definitely way more than than uh, is going to be a custom moving forward. Uh, it was really good week last week. A fade of Matthew Wolf worked out right off the bat. He goes out, shoots 83 and withdraws. So all of our head to heads get home and basically makes a tournament where it's impossible to lose money probably. And if you bet all of the, and if you totally faded him like I did, you were already making money because you bet it against, you bet against him so incredibly often. We were on Vic Hovland. Of course, wasn't able to get there because of that one disastrous hole. Um, but, you know, all in all, really, really good. Really, really good week and really, really uh excited about you know golf betting continuing this as we move forward um maybe we can all make some money you know as we continue to really dig into all everything golf and and really start to hone our skills here because i think i'm i think i'm starting to pick up you know some some stuff here with golf but anyway arnold palmer invitational it's at the bay hill law uh club and lodge over there in orlando florida 7454 yards we are going to be on bermuda greens again Going to be looking at 123 golfers. 12 of the top 15 in the world rankings are here at this tournament. Now, going to be some long approaches. There's only like two holes where, you know, most golfers are going to have like, you know, under 150 yard approaches. Like th th that's how long the course is, how long these holes are. And so we're going to need guys that are able to, you know, hit good approach shots with a little bit longer irons. So something to think about as you start to do your research for this as well. Past winners here, and this is something that we will talk about in, uh, in just a second. You're, you're going to see a big discrepancy. So 2020 was Terrell Hatton at four under. But 2019 was Francesco Molinari at 12 under. And then in 2018, Rory McIlroy won, the, won this at 18 under. Leishman in 17 at 11 under and Jason Day in 16 at 17 under. So you can see the big, big, big discrepancies in the scoring. Now, last year, Bay Hill played as the most difficult uh, course on tour. Uh, the course averaged a score of 74.1. Um, a lot of that had to do with the conditions. It was colder. It was really, really dry, which... Uh, 
because of wind conditions, which made everything just lightning fast, like super, super fast. It was impossible to control things, which led to, you know, Terrell Hatton struggling to a, a four under as the winning score. Molinari at 12, there was one round that had bad conditions. There was perfect weather when Roy McElroy won at 18 under. So really and truly, this course is going to be weather dependent. Now, it looks like we're going to get about half and half of this tournament. As of right now, again, this is Wednesday, early Wednesday morning, Florida weather, things change rapidly. But it looks like we're going to get two days of perfect conditions and then two days of, of windy conditions. So where the scoring ends up is anybody's guess. But in that last year, just to let you know how difficult this thing can play, like I said, the course averaged 74. The field only hit 50.5% of the, of the greens in regulation, which is the lowest percentage in a non-major on the PGA Tour since 2005. So that's how difficult this course can play, depending on the conditions out there. So really, really, really watch the wind. Really, really, really take into account the guys that play well in the wind whenever you start to narrow your player pool. So I ran my model. Of course, again, if you watch the video um, that we made from the Genesis, you'll know I use the, the Fantasy National site, really, really good site, uh, really good resource for you to make a custom model over there. I ran it in the last 36 rounds, the last 24 rounds, the last 12 rounds. All three models, the person that comes out number one is Victor Hovland. And I'll tell you how I weighted the model. I went off. I went strokes gained approach. Like I said, we're going to need good approaches here because they're going to be coming from uh, they're going to be coming from much more distance than usual. We need guys that are that are good with their irons. So strokes gained approach strokes gained off the tee because, again, it's a longer course. So we are still needing you know, a little bit of distance here. We want these guys that are gaining strokes off the tee. I have ball striking, which again, I understand is the combination of those two, but I wanted a guy, I wanted a well-rounded guy here. Now I didn't weight that as heavily. I went 27% on approach, 27% off the tee and then 15% ball striking. But I want a guy with a, you know, I wanted to see where these guys are as a combination of the two to cheat the model just a little bit. Strokes gained on par five because that is where we're going to try to get after this course is the par fives. So when we look, hole four is a par five, a 4.79 scoring average. So under par there. Hole number six, a 4.86 scoring average. So under par there. Hole 12, 4.74 under par there. And then hole 16, 4.47 under par there. Unlike the rest of these holes, where a lot of them play right at or over par. Hole number one, for example, right out of the bat, right out of the gate, 24% bogey percentage. Hole number two, 25% bogey percentage. Hole number eight, 20.2% 20, 20 bogey percentage. Hole number 15, 22.4% bogey percentage. And then you got to close this thing out on 17 and 18. 17, a 21% bogey percentage, and then 18, a 21% bogey percentage. 18 actually has an 8% double or worse. So you can see this call. That's why I wanted to emphasize 
in the model par five scoring because you got to do your scoring on these par fives. I mean, you just can't walk away without birdie if you if you plan on winning this thing. I did put driving distance in there, uh, not near as much as in tournaments past. So par five uh, strokes gained, par five, 10%, driving distance, 10%. And then I just put in some kind of catch-alls here for driving stuff. Uh, again, just to kind of cheat the model to see if I can get some guys that have been at least a little bit more accurate here lately with the driver. And also, um, it helps me with the guys that have been long-term because I ran the model again over 36 rounds, 24 rounds, and 12 rounds. So I do have fairways gained and good drives in there as well. Those are only 5% a piece. Again, I'm just trying to frame them, frame my model to um, you know, a certain type of player here. But with that, Victor Hovland is number one in the 36, the 24, and the 12 round model. The guy has just been absolutely on fire. I don't have to tell you how good Victor Hovland has been. Victor Hovland has gone out and all he has done is gone out and finished 2 5 2 31 and 1 in his last five starts. A first, a 31st, a second, a fifth, and a second. He is on fire. Just absolutely tearing it up right now, which is why you are seeing him where he is on this. Listen, the only reason he didn't win last week at one blow up hole, his strokes gained around the green last week. He lost strokes actually around the green gained everywhere else, gained everywhere else massively, but just around the green. And of course, you know why it went so poorly around the green on that one little, on that one little spot. But even with that horrible blow up and that horrible blow up hole, his last five starts. Strokes gained total 8.7. Strokes gained tee to green 6.2. Off the tee 3.7. Approach 2.6. Putting 1.2. And then around the green is actually just a wash. Zero. So he's just been so incredibly good. That's why he's going to be there. And listen, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to ride it. I'm going to put in some bets on him again. Um, maybe not necessarily outright here. Well, I mean, I will have outright on him, but I mean, I, I'm more looking at another, you know, pretty heavy kind of top 10, top 20 performance here out of Hovland. So, um, that's where I'll put the bulk of the money behind Hovland here, uh, kind of a top 20, top 10 type finish situation. The next guy is very interesting in the model here. And the reason I didn't just read off the listing is because I wanted to get to this, um, to this guy, because it's just very interesting to me that he has come up the way that he has come up and what it, where we are at 36 and 24 rounds, Keegan Bradley is number two overall in my model. He is number one in this field in strokes gained approach over the last 36 rounds. He is number two in the last 24 rounds. He is number, uh, when we go to ball striking number one, in this field over the last 36 rounds and number three ball striking over the last 24 rounds in this field. And I said, I was trying to cheat the model for someone that hits fairways here, because again, this will be penal rough here. He's fifth in the field in fairways gained fifth in the field in good drives over the last 36. He's fourth and fourth 
over the last 24. Really, the only reason he's not number one overall in this model is because of driving distance, because I do. I did put some emphasis on driving distance and he's, you know, 40th plus in the field in driving distance. So I'm going to have some I'm going to have some action on Keegan Bradley as well. And, um, you know, and this one's just a strictly trusting the numbers type situation. When we look over his last 10, that said, you know, over his last 10, he's gained strokes, total strokes gained, tee to green. He's gained off the tee. He's gained approach over his last 10 tournaments. The only problem, a little bit of trouble strokes gained around the green, being around the green here. Uh, lost 0.3 strokes, but really it's been the putter. He just has not been able to get anything to fall. He has lost with his putter the last 20 tournaments he's played, the last 10 tournaments, and the last five tournaments. 2.6, 2.8, and 3.9. So if he can just get hot, and listen, this is one of the things why that's the easiest thing for me to overlook because we know that putting can get streaky. And we know that putting is something that you know, you can just find something on the range, just a little bit of a tweak that you that, you know, you were doing wrong. And then putting can change. Look at Colin Morikawa last week. He changes his grip to that claw grip. And couldn't miss a putt. So I can overlook that. And uh, so Keegan Bradley. So anyway, that's one and two in the 36th round, last 36th round model. It's Hovland, Bra- uh, Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, who I've been riding and I will continue to ride. Corey Connors, Will Zalatoris, Henrik Norlander, Matthew Neesmith, Charlie Hoffman, Terrell Hatton, and Luke List in this field. The last 24 rounds, Vic Hovland, Keegan Bradley, Matthew Neesmith moves up to number three with a little bit better recent form. Henrik Norlander, Sam Burns, Corey Connors, Will Zalatoris, Charlie Hoffman, Cameron Tringali jumps into the top 10. Terrell Hatton at 10th. When we go to the last 12 rounds, so this is like super, super, super recent form, right? If the guy made the cut, we're only talking about the last three tournaments that he played. Victor Hovland, Henrik Norlander, Luke List jumps all the way up to number three. Corey Connors, Charlie Hoffman, Matthew Neesmith, Cameron Davis jumps all the way up to number seven. Max Homa, Keegan Bradley, still there. Keegan Bradley coming in at number nine. And then number 10 is Paul Casey. Cameron Tringali right outside the top 10 at 11. So you saw the names that kept popping up. Hovland, Norlander, Neesmith. Bradley, over and over again, Corey Connors, Henrik Norlander. I mean, like this, these are the names that, that kept popping up over and over again. Charlie Hoffman, oddly enough, kept popping up over and over and over again, whether it be 36, 24, or 12 rounds. So a lot of those names I'm talking about right there are the guys that I'm going to have uh, – that I'm going to have some good action on. And that doesn't necessarily only mean outrights. Again, I like playing the top 20 fields. I like playing some of these all, you know, you can play top 30, top 40 at a lot of these sports books. So, you know, I more look at stuff as a player pool. Like those guys are going to be in my player pool. 
And so those guys uh, all going to find their way into some some way in the shape, uh, some way, shape or form in my player pool. Some other guys that I'm going to have. Listen, like I said, Matthew Neesmith, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, all those guys that kept popping up. There'll be outrights on those guys for sure. Uh, Head to head matchups. And this is going on just like super, super recent form here. But I'm going to be targeting Matthew Fitzpatrick. A pretty good, a pretty good bit on head to heads. Look. This guy has done really, really well. I gained over two strokes off the tee at the work day. Just couldn't get anything going uh, with his short game, which really is, is pretty good. So I'm not going to really hold that against him. Um, but I, I like what I've been seeing here. And this is one of those going off the beaten path of just the numbers and going with you know what I've been watching with my own eyeballs. And Fitzpatrick has been playing very, very well. And, you know, look, he's in the top 20 for me on the uh, on the 36 and 24 model as it is anyway. He's inside the top 20. And then now I literally I'm just using my. I'm just using my you know eyeballs from watching him play. Puts much better on Bermuda. He plays better on difficult courses, plays really good on hard courses, plays good on windy courses. Average stroke gained in wind is actually really good. And then if you look again, in the last 10 tournaments, he's gained strokes in every form. Total tee to green off the tee approach around the green putting. Last five, same deal. So I like where he's at. We're talking about an 11th last week, a fifth at the Genesis. So let's ride this. Going to be targeting him, Matthew Fitzpatrick as well. Francesco Molinari. Listen, this is just a, a horse, a course horse type situation for me. Not really going to be looking at so much, you know, the outright stuff, but I'll be looking at him head to head targets because I think that he'll have an advantage over most of the people that he's paired against. But Molinari, seven starts at Bay Hill. He's never finished outside the top 35. His last four starts in, uh, that he's done here in, you know, this season, last four starts, T8, T10, he did a 59th but then a T8. So he's been inside the top 10 in three of his four starts recently. So he's in good recent form, huge history here at Bay Hill. So really like him in head-to-heads, really like Fitzpatrick in head-to-heads. And of course, all those other guys that I mentioned as well. Full breakdown of this written over at the lines as well. If you want to take a look at the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, but those those guys, again, uh, making the player pool for me, Hovland, Bradley, Neesmith, Norlander, Burns, Connors, Tringali. Might even sprinkle a little bit on Charlie Hoffman, who seems to be playing really well as well. And then again, those head-to-heads really going to be looking, you know, uh, outside of some of these guys, if I like the, that I just mentioned, if I like the matchups, the ones where you're definitely going to be getting favorable matchups, you know, anybody they press, they, they match up with Molinari. I'm going to be liking that. Anybody they match up with Fitzpatrick, I'm going to be liking that. So um, those are the guys to be t- targeting pretty heavily in there. No huge fade for me on the, in this tournament, though. I'm not ready to jump back on the Bryson train just quite yet. His, his approach is so so bad recently and with that I'm just not able not able to pull the trigger on him um I was on Sung Jay as you know last week Sung Jay I am going to be off of 
maybe even fade him in some head-to-heads as well. Uh, he just hasn't looked right here. Um, just hasn't looked right here recently. And really, it's some stuff that is interesting. And listen, he he plays worse in windy conditions historically if there's going to be wind here. Last five tournaments, this is the thing about Sungjae. He's losing strokes on approach and around the green. And, you know, those are two very important, again, stats for me in this uh, in this tournament. So, um, going to be off Sungjae, going to be off Bryson as well. So, if you want to go that route, you can fade along with me. Guys, uh, Brett will be back next week. We will uh, we'll run down all the stuff. You know, we, we do have the players coming up. It's going to be awesome. Huge golf tournament for us to talk about. And then... Um, we'll, we'll do some updating here on baseball odds, as well as where we sit with the NBA stuff, as well as we approach the all-star break here for the NBA season, the midway point, let you know where the uh, market's sitting. If we see any value whatsoever out there again, wherever you listen to podcasts, go in, subscribe, rate and review really do appreciate your support of everything that we're doing here. And until next week, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys soon.